by the time you hear this podcast, you'll want to be paparazzi too. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 142. Yeah, more episodes in the 2021, son. <laughs> yeah. um, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say like 2021 hard. Like for the 9-9. Nine, nine, in the 2000, like, it's like, for the 2-1 and the 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Nah, it doesn't have the same. Yeah, it, it doesn't, you know. <laughs> it just doesn't. So, I, I don't know how you, you know, mm, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see here, we are live on Twitch. And um, we're being fancy. I just got an iPad. Ooh. Uh, so that is what we're doing <laughs> to, to, to switch everything up. Um, so, yeah, the, the the business is expanding. He went and dropped two grand. I'm, pl- I'm playing. I'm pl- uh, I, I have two. no clue how much they even uh, cost. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there would be no iPad if it was that much. <laughs> <laughs> two stacks. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Greg, three stacks. <laughs> Uh, you can see on top of the screen, uh, that's where you can follow us on social media. If you're looking at the bottom of the screen, that's where you can listen to this podcast. Uh, many different platforms. Those are the the big three. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to add Deezer and uh, Amazon, the the big five. Okay, I can find us. Yeah, so there you can find us. Mm-hmm. And we're easy to find. So there you go. And we're not exclusive. We don't sell out for that. No. No. <laughs> so um let's get into some music news uh, when we did our episode last week about selena that was the same night of the grammys so uh the awards have been handed out and uh some um some history some history was made yeah maybe it was uh fabricated pasta bubbly <laughs> possibly fabricated history uh, just to satisfy the masses 
uh, to satisfy. What uh, would you call them, the woke supremacists? The woke supremacists, yes. <laughs> so uh, oh, we'll, we'll go to the the general uh, winners here. Uh, album of the year went to uh, Taylor Swift. Yes, we. I, well, I have called her the fake news of pop music. Um, but that doesn't keep her from winning awards. Nah. So clearly, the Academy doesn't listen to our show. So no. Yeah. Or maybe they do, and like you know, we're gonna do we're gonna do the opposite. Uh, not that I'm saying that Taylor Swift didn't deserve Album of the Year. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Maybe it. <laughs> just getting back to what she had. Uh, this is the album we always said she was going to make eventually. Yeah, yeah. She was going to kind of go back to her roots. Granted, it's folk. So, yeah. I mean, now she she becomes um, the first female with three album of the year wins. Yes. Um, which is why I just I felt that she was going to win it no matter what. Even though I do feel that they're different genres, but I felt that Future Nostalgia was a better album. They just, there was no way they weren't going to give that to her and, and make history you know, as having her be the first three times. Because we don't know if she's going to put out another one of these. <laughs> no. Uh, her next album could be Reputation. We don't know. <laughs> reputation another too. Reputation that no one wants. <laughs> so, yeah. And this was, uh, I, I thought this way about kind of, well, with, with this category, some of the albums were like massively popular. Mm -hmm. Hollywood's Bleeding, Future Nostalgia, mm -hmm. uh, massively popular. You could say the same thing for folklore, um, yeah. but I don't know if anyone's really checking for Chalumbo and Black Pumas. Yeah, I kind of felt or even like, Everyday Life and Coldplay is yeah. has been a, a popular band and they they've never won this award. No, but came close. <laughs> yeah, a couple times, but yeah. But it, as far as this particular album, I I I didn't even know about it really. Nor did I. Nor did I. I mean, it's it kind of shows you where, and I know they're. Well, they used to be kind of alternative rock, but they're rock in the sense of Imagine Dragons, maybe a little bit more rock, but it kind of shows you where rock music is nowadays. Yeah. Whereas, I don't know if they're still considered the biggest band in the world, but there was a good decade and a half where they held that title, and they still, they can, they're putting out albums now and nobody knows nor cares, outside of probably their core, you know, their core fan base, which is just funny to see. Yeah. You know, it's... It's a you know I I kind of get the feeling that Janae Aiko and maybe Black Pumas I'm not and these are I'm familiar with Janae Aiko I'm not familiar with the Black Pumas I have no clue who Jacob Collier is, um maybe this is the Academy attempting to show that they're hip I know who Haim is didn't know they did an album, um, but this kind of feels like you've got several Arcade Fires now, and <laughs> and you know, and which one wins I don't know let's give it to Taylor Swift, maybe there's vote splitting you know. Yeah, that's definitely what it um that's definitely what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Uh and just trying to spread everything out and make everything more um accessible yeah. uh to, to every as accessible as possible to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you don't have to do it that way. I feel like you don't have to do it that way. If it's not popular, if it's not good, I don't, mean, maybe these albums are good, but if they're not good, then I don't know. That yeah. that this is that kind of my approach to it. 
uh, don't nominate just for the sake of nominating. Right, yeah. right. Um, so for this was record of the year that goes to Billie Eilish. Um, I just listened to this song like a couple of days ago. <laughs> What'd you think? Um, I, I'm kind of like, what do y'all see? What do y'all see? It's pro- I'm telling you, it's production. The songs production? aren't bad. The songs aren't bad. I'm not. I'm not gonna you know sit here and crap on the songs. She and she's not a the greatest vocalist. She's passable. Um, well, she's beyond. She's more than passable. I shouldn't say that. That's disrespectful. But I think this is really them telling us how much they like Phineas O'Connell because this song was also nominated for song of the year. Yeah. And it didn't win. Now, could that be vote splitting? I don't know, but I think what they're saying, I think what they're saying is we like Phineas. And I think the first big year he has um, working on a lot of projects, he's going to get a nomination for producer of the year, non-classical. And he's was probably, he nominated this year. I don't believe he was. I, I thought he, I thought he might've been, uh, well, uh, there's so many categories. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I, I I'm think. Not worry about it. Yeah, he wasn't nominated this year. Wasn't nominated. Okay. Yeah, he was not. But I, I think that I think as soon as he has a major year, he's gonna get he's gonna get nominated, because I really think they like him, and I know from a lot of what I've read and what I've seen, he gets he gets a fair amount of respect around the industry for being one of those producers that can still be creative and doesn't just rely on technology kind of like Ludwig I can't think Ludwig Gorson yeah um I've seen him get that type of respect as well both of them get that respect around the industry for being creative all right uh well speaking of the song of the year it goes to uh I Can't Breathe written by her along with Dernst Emil II and (laughs) Tierra Thomas uh I believe they were nominated for an Oscar together Nice. Uh, for a song for, um, uh, I will let you know because we'll, I want to talk about that as well. Okay. Um, what do you think of that song winning over, <clears throat> over everything I wanted or, um, don't start now. <laughs> don't start now or yeah. circles. I, I, once again, I think it's a statement win. Um, for the woke, let me stop saying that word. <laughs> the woke supremacist. <laughs> but to to kind of make a statement to, because it's one of those songs that really kind of defines what last year was. One of the biggest events. Like the only other song that could have beat this is a song about COVID. That's the only other thing that could have beat this song. And then they probably wouldn't know what to do because their heads would explode. But this is a song that really kind of defined what was going on last year. And I think they want to be. Maybe they want to be culturally relevant. Maybe they want to be on the right side of history. I don't know, but and I mean, I'm not saying that the song is bad. Um, and I, I'm like I've said before, I'm really ashamed of how long it took me to get into her. Um, and I, I feel like she's about to pop because she's not only receiving respect as a as a singer and as a writer, but now she's starting to really get a lot of respect as a guitar player. Um, and I, I think she's going to pop. I don't know how big she's going to get, but I, I think she's going to become one of those people, um, kind of like a female. Some people might think this is disrespectful, but if you don't get it, then sorry, you just don't get it. Maybe like a female John Mayer, where she's a master of her instrument and can and is comfortable going in and out of any genre and still respected as a writer, because that's what John Mayer is. John Mayer basically plays 
where he wants, when he wants, how he wants, with whom he wants. He's not out here trying to get your money anymore. He's just having fun. And but he's still got that respect, you know, from the people that know. And I think that's that's going to be her because I think she really especially when she did the national anthem, like she's some people's eyes got open <laughs> when she did that. Well, not national anthem, America the Beautiful. My bad. I think some people's eyes got opened. Sorry, I'm still trying to send Ben the link here. So, watch it. Um, well, let's go over to to best new artist. Uh, another female winner, Megan The Stallion. Uh, she had a big year. Mm-hmm. Um, Controversial in some aspects, but a big year nonetheless. Yeah. Um, over the likes of Phoebe Bridgers. But that she's been an earworm of yours, right, Phoebe Bridgers? I feel like. I don't know. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, Chica, Noah Cyrus, D Smoke. Um, for that's for the Netflix crowd. And Doja Cat and Kate Renata, even though we knew about Kate Renata what, he's the five Shelby years Lynn, ago. The Shelby the, Sh- <laughs> the Shelby Lynn of the of the category. Um so what did you what did you think of of this category? I mean, I thought it was cool. I mean that's that is one of the awards that is um I think that's really the only award in this category that goes off of popularity. Although it d- hasn't always gone off of popularity, I think back to Esmeralda Spalding winning over like Drake and Justin Bieber. But I definitely feel like this year they're like who just who was the most popular talked about artist, the most impactful artist. I don't care what anyone says. Um Megan Thee Stallion along with the likes of Cardi B, and I say the likes like that's a bad thing, but along with like Cardi B, really started a conversation in 2020 about what women can rap about versus what we've allowed men to rap about for a very long time. And I think that's a conversation that would not have been had unless you have a song like WAP. WAP. Don't cancel me. Unless you have that song, <laughs> you know, it, that subject doesn't get talked about because it's still talked about to this day. Because of the their style of rap, I mean, essentially they're they're doing what their male counterparts have done for years, and no one's you know outside of like a couple of fringe groups, you know the the I think back to the gangster rap in the '90s where they bought their records and <laughs> and stomped them, which is like so counterproductive because you're just making their sales go up. But I think back to you know to that. That's kind of you know, but because it's a woman and because it's 2020 and. The 24-hour news cycle, it's an even bigger deal. And you've got bloggers talking about it. you got Ben Shapiro, that guy. you got him talking about it. Um, so I think outside of, you know, with the pandemic and everything going on, she was probably one of the most talked about artists last year. That along with the – because she got shot also too, right, Tory Lanez? Yeah. Yeah, so she had she was pretty impactful last year. And I think that – I think that kind of went into – the the win and everything. And of course, as we kind of said before we started recording, first female hip hop artist to do it since uh, Lauren Hill. Hopefully she doesn't pull a Lauren Hill and give <laughs> just disappears. I don't think she's going to do that. She seems to be having too much fun, but <laughs> I hope she doesn't disappear. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of. Um, I mean, she she's very the, the popularity was definitely a part of it, mm-hmm. and I think um, I think a lot of people look at her as far as being 
one of the female rappers to where it's not so much a it's not a gimmick. Mm-hmm. She can actually rap. Yeah, she's a good rapper. Yeah, and she has her own she has her own style, but she can rap. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to get. I mean, the any like we've talked about before. You know, white rappers will get compared to Eminem, <laughs> just like white NBA players get compared to Larry Bird. <laughs> Female rappers, anybody that comes out now is going to be compared to Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Um, used to be Lil' Kim, but. It man, used to be Lil' Kim. Now it's Nicki Minaj. Now it's Nicki Minaj. Like, and everyone's forgotten about Lil' Kim. Yeah. A genera- we're a generation past Lil' Kim, unfortunately. So we are old. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> yes, 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 we are. Sorry. Um, but it's like the was her style more palatable to the academy than Nicki Minaj? Or for me, I thought Nicki Minaj came off a little bit as too much of a cartoon. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, and that's it's funny that you bring that up because that was always one of my hangups about Nicki Minaj is that she would have that, you know, that persona yeah. almost kind of like <laughs> kind of like a, how Eminem would have his persona. Yeah. Slim Shady, you know, versus Eminem. She had she never gave her the name as far as I know. But yeah. Oh, yeah. That, it was uh, Roman. Roman something. Oh, I never knew that. See, that's how little I know about Nicki Minaj. But that's what kind of would annoy me about her. Songs where she didn't do that and she was serious, I thought she was so good. And then I just had to turn her off whenever she did that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, So, uh, congratulations to to all the, like, so four females Mm -hmm. won the, the big four. Has that ever happened? Uh, I feel like it has. Okay. I know there was one year where only one male, it was five nominees for album of the year, and only one of them was a male artist. Oh, and wow. I think that male artist <clears throat> was Maxwell or something. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, we'll go over some of these. Uh, best pop solo performance, <laughs> Harry Styles for Watermelon Sugar. Uh, best pop duo group performance, Rain On Me, Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Uh, best traditional pop vocal album. I don't know the difference. Because uh, this is with the James Taylor. Is this the old people category? Maybe. It's like the stuff that makes you feel good. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all of these people are old or old adjacent. Harry yeah. Connick Jr., Rufus R- Wainwright. Didn't know Renee Zellweger was, was singing. I didn't know that. Well, she, she well, fresh off her Oscar win. Well, this was, this was the same film. Uh, but she did her own singing ah. uh, playing Judy Garland. Ah, okay, okay. Uh so yeah, um, <laughs> best pop vocal album, Dua Lipa for Future Nostalgia. So she at least got one. Yeah, and this it's kind of like an unwritten rule, but like, um, if you like, if you win one of the smaller categories, you may or may, and you're nominated with another person for album of the year. There's a good chance that you're not gonna. They're gonna split it essentially. Yeah. Um. So that win for her essentially meant she was probably not gonna get album of the year. <laughs> They just wanted to give her something, and then we're gonna give it to you know, cause where's that? Where's that category? Who? Will, cause I know that um, folklore was also in that category. Yeah, folklore's in the category. Yeah, if folklore would have won, then it would have gone to Dua Lipa. It's just it's a it's a weird thing. Don't believe me? Go back and look. You, you can't you can't dominate the Grammys anymore. Yeah. Uh, apparently. Um, Go back and look if you don't believe me. It's there. <laughs> best uh, best dance recording goes to Kate Trinata, so that's his first Grammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he won a second Grammy for best dance electronic album for Bubba. Um, let's see. Best rock performance, Shamika 
by Fiona Apple. I guess that's is rock. it is that is that rock? I, I haven't heard the song or the album. I haven't heard it either. But I mean, they considered criminal rock. It got played on the rock stations, <laughs> even though it was kind of a jazzy tune. Yeah, <laughs> had a ton of jazz chords and. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, best metal performance, Bum Rush by Body Count. So hey. Ice T wins another Grammy if if it's not his first one. Um, best rock song, Stay High by Brittany Howard. You know who who is that? Uh, from uh, you heard of Alabama Shakes? Yes, she's lead singer. Oh, okay, I've, okay, I'm familiar with them. Uh, best rock album, The New Abnormal by The Strokes. So they're still making. They're still in the league. The, the, yeah. <laughs> Um, Fiona Apple, Best Alternative Music Album for Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Uh, best R&B Performance, Beyonce. And you said she set a record, right? Yeah, so she became now the most decorated um, female artist in Grammy history. With All 27 right. wins, I believe. She um, edged out, she edges out Alison Krauss, um, who probably a lot of this generation don't know who she is, by one. So, yeah. Um. Let's see. Best traditional R&B performance, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> that goes to Lettucey. Best R&B song, Better Than I Imagine. Robert Glasper featuring her and Michelle and Deggio Cello. Uh, best progressive R&B album, which was previously the best urban alternative <laughs> performance. Uh, Thundercat. Yeah. Is this his first Grammy win? I think so. I know he gets a ton of respect um, as well from musicians just for his ability, his style and ability to kind of go from style to style, play with suicidal tendencies. Just, I would not have seen that coming, but yeah. Uh, best R&B album goes to Bigger Love for, uh, by John Legend. Best rap performance, Savage, Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce. Uh, so this was the remix. <laughs> so that's why Beyonce's on there. So she gets another one. Um, uh, best melodic rap performance, formerly the rap sung collaboration, uh, goes to Anderson Pack for Lockdown. Uh, best rap song goes to Savage. Best rap album. Now this one was interesting to me because these were what you know, as you you referred to that people will call rapidy rap. Yeah, a lot of rapidy rap. This was all rapidy rap. Yeah. So Nas for King's Disease, he won, but also nominated was D Smoke for Black Habits. As I said, he was from the the Netflix show. Um, I forget the name of the show, but it was like an American Idol, but for rappers. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Um, I know Cardi B was a judge on there, and D Smoke he won. I know Rhythm and Flow. Rhythm and Flow. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Alfredo, which is Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. Uh, Jay Electronica. People have been waiting years and years for his album, <laughs> and, he, and apparently it was good. Uh, and the allegory by Royce to Five Nine. So these these are some rapidy rap albums. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no the baby, no Roddy Rich. Okay. Uh. No. Um. Lil Baby. No Lil Dirk. No Drake. <laughs> you got to put together a full album. I was about and, to say half it, of them don't put together albums. They're just yeah, singles. They just. Some singles that they throw together and, yeah. and try to make it seem like something, but I think with their generation, because these guys are a little bit, these guys are older. Yeah. Not only are they rapidy rappers, <laughs> they're older. Nas's label is probably like, please put out singles. Nah, I want an album. <laughs> I want an album. 
And an album, like, some people think an album has got to be like 14, 15 songs. I'm not sure how many songs King's Disease has, but you can make an album with eight, nine songs. Mm -hmm. But 24 Karat Magic had nine songs on it. That's it. I wonder at what like, point. Focus on making eight to nine great songs yeah. rather than three great songs and then a bunch of filler. But... So Ooh, without the I? bonus I know track, A&R. what do I know? So twelve tracks and then a thirteenth bonus track, but it comes in at thirty-eight minutes and twenty-four seconds. The the rap rap songs in general are getting shorter. Yeah, you don't make four-minute songs. You don't you don't even do a lot of traditionally. It's been like three verses, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then if you if you have a, a feature, you do the first. Your feature does the second. You do the third. Not but anymore. Now <laughs> it might be one, one and a half yeah, versus and a longer hook. <laughs> yeah. Or do the hook like multiple times because that's what people are going to remember. So he's got one single from the album called Ultra Black. I'm not familiar with this album. I've I, heard the song Ultra Black. I did not know Nas was still doing stuff, so um Yeah, because he's making money off of other things. <laughs> I have to wonder at, at what point if there is even a comparison here, but like I kind of feel like maybe he's becoming like the radio head of rap where it's just like he's just got these fans that just he's the greatest thing ever. But, you know, he's never been as big as his contemporaries, you know, like yeah. he's big, but he's not like, you know, and I'm trying to think of someone who's their contemporary that would have been bigger than them. But not as you know, but Nickelback. not as a claim. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone loves Nickel. Like, you know, they're huge, but like, you know, real fans are like, man, no, I'm telling you, man, Radiohead is where it's at. You gotta listen to Radiohead. Like Nas, like, man, Jay Z's bigger, but Nas, like, Nas has bars, man. Like, <laughs> like I just, I don't know. Like, I just, yeah, that, that I kind of get that because he's, he's I'm just looking at this list. He's been at it the longest. By far on this yeah. list, yeah, he's been at this for a minute. He's like what fifty something. Um, he's close forty seven. So he's, he's close, yeah, because he started out young, but yeah, he's yeah. Well, I know, like I know Freddie Gibbs. I think he's in his forties. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, and Royce the Five Nine is in his forties as well. I think you would think him and Eminem are like the same age. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the older dudes though they that have the actual you know the patience and I think to do that, an album <laughs> and that's the thing is would do you think this might be a trend? What of older guys winning this record? The this? the best rap album, the older guys are going to get more recognition because their projects will look more complete. I wonder because you know eventually some of these guys are going to stop rapping. What does this morph into in the future? No. They're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna stop rapping. They're, they're they may stop being popular, <laughs> but they're not gonna stop rapping. Well, I'm, just I'm saying, sure Cool like, Modi is still rapping. Well, I'm just saying, like you know, when they eventually KRS One you know, is still rapping. They have to retire eventually. I wonder, either do these rappers now the newer rappers start making albums, or does this category transform into maybe just best rap catalog from the year? You know, does it, does the, if, you know, like no one's putting out albums, you know, or is the baby going to start putting out albums? <laughs> I mean, he put out an album. Was the baby did put out an oh, album. Oh, he did? Okay. I just assume people nowadays just put out singles 
and nobody bothers to make it. But album. the sing, no one like the the album isn't promoted as much. The single is promoted, mm. but these guys do have albums. But there's also the mixtape yeah. realm, in which are you just putting out music? Like, how do you make money off of that, or are you trying to make money off of that, or is it you have to keep putting out material? Uh, like I like you know like I, I mentioned with Future. He put out an album, but if it doesn't sell, he's going to put out another one in six months. Yep. So it's just just putting out this material, be, so so you can stay in, so you can stay current, you know. And some some rappers feel like they have to do it that way, but some rappers feel like they can take their time and put a project together. I mean, uh, Kendrick Lamar's "Damn" came out four years ago, mm. and while I think people will be excited if and when he comes out with something else, uh, he can afford to do that. But it's as if rappers, maybe they don't feel like they can afford to take their time and come out with something new. Jesus, I didn't even realize that. So, God, like the last real new thing we got hit from him was his work on the Black Panther soundtrack in 2018. That's wild. <laughs> Yeah, he really used Damn and the Black Panther soundtrack, and he's just like, I'm good. I can live off of this. <laughs> I can, I can. Uh, wow. I just, I never, I just never thought about that. Huh. All right. All right, Mr. Lamar. <laughs> so, uh, going here, a best country solo performance that went to Vince Gill. Uh, but I think the person you've mentioned before, Mickey Guyton, was nominated. Oh God, yeah, that's the um, trap country artist. If I remember correctly, I'm gonna sure. move on. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset already. Hold on, no, no, trap. No, no, okay, no, that's not, that's not who I'm thinking. That's of. not the trap artist. No, but okay. there is a trap artist because she, she, he was on a song with a girl named Tierra. This is a black country singer, and I'm starting to see now. Um, there's a lot more. I did not realize how many black artists there are in country music right now. Hence, she has a song, Black Like Me. I haven't heard it before. But when I went to the Pop Country playlist on Spotify, um, they were really pushing this artist named Tierra from Alabama. And it's essentially pop music with a slight, and I mean slight, country twang to it. But it's polished, it's poppy, and apparently it's popular. So, um, big ups to Tierra. She's even got a black name. <laughs> Tierra. T-I-E-R-A. Tierra. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> um, so we also have a. Uh, we go to the uh, the gospel performance or song category, Jonathan McReynolds. For those who follow Kevin on stage on social media, they've had a quote unquote feud, uh, going back and forth. Uh, the gospel according to PJ, PJ Morton wins best gospel album, best contemporary Christian music album. Jesus is King by Kanye West. So um, all of that led to a Grammy that he probably doesn't even care for. Nope. <laughs> I didn't know Peter Morton did gospel music. Yeah, he, yeah. Hmm. Um, I'll have to check that out. Uh, what other categories can we? So is Taylor Swift's album considered folk? Because it wasn't nominated for best folk album. I'm just, you know. So I mean, it's 
it it is it's definitely got strong strong ties to folk music even working with you know folk artists but i think it's an album that they don't want to put it in that category and upset people who actually who like like folk folk um you kind of run the risk they of like monsters of folk or whatever <laughs> that group is called <laughs> monsters of folk I mean, I guess little foxes. Yeah, little the yeah. There. Nickel Creek. Um, I uh, got Allison Krauss and Union Station. I'm going back. I'm going way back. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, hell, you can listen to some Sturgill Simpson. I've I've been checking him out. He's got some he's got some folk and some bluegrass stuff. But I think they just didn't want to put her there and and really upset people. Um, so I think that's why they left her out. Um, best comedy album that went to Tiffany Haddish um, and she found out while uh, recording a segment I guess she hosts kids say the darndest things now Oh, that's what it looked like uh, and she found out she had won and I appreciate people who know their history because she knew that no black woman had won in that category since Whoopi Goldberg in 1986 oh wow so more history, um, as we mm-hmm. were talking about. Best musical theater album. Now, we talked about this funny. before it came out. This is funny. We and talked I can't about this before it, it came out. <laughs> and how like would it be is it interesting enough for it to be a musical? The original Broadway cast of Jagged Little Pill, the Atlantis Morissette jukebox musical, essentially, mm-hmm. wins best musical theater album. I, I, that's crazy. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we we talked about that when it was in development, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, best compilation soundtrack for visual media goes to Jojo Rabbit. And I don't know if it's how, how his name is pronounced. Uh, Taika Watiti, who wrote and directed it. Oh, he's the guy who did. Um, he produced the soundtrack. Uh, God, what's his name? He did Thor, one of the Thor movies. Thor Ragnarok. He's the British guy, right? Yeah. Indian British guy. He's he's got a funny voice. <laughs> like it's just just when he just talks, it's just funny to hear him talk. <laughs> um see I need to find for me, this is every time I see these soundtracks, I think, how can I get in on the music supervision game? Because <laughs> I know I can put together better soundtracks for a lot of movies than what they have. Um I know it's not just picking songs. I know a lot of it is getting the rights, Mm -hmm. but it's also understanding the context of which music can be used as far as what scene, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as lyrics and tone and all that, all that goes into it. Um, You got to study all the Martin Scorsese films, man. (laughs) Look, you can't use the piano part of Layla all the time. (laughs) I feel like he'd use that for like four (laughs) different movies. And you got it. Well, I mean, like that. There's that. You know, you've got to. Um, if there's like you know something coming that's like you know building up, you got to use "Gimme Shelter." Yeah. <laughs> if there's a war scene, you got to use "Fortunate Son." <laughs> that's not. That's definitely not. That's not a specifically Scorsese thing. But yes, any oh. Vietnam scene, you got to use "Fortunate Son." At this point, it's this point is more of a joke, really. <laughs> Or and the, or if it's yeah, it's going going to Vietnam, 
you use a fortunate son. Mm -hmm. If it's a scene where the soldiers are talking to each other and either hanging out, playing cards, or eating burgers, it's something. It's something Motown, something oh, by the Supremes, yeah. mm -hmm. or something by yeah. uh, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. <laughs> Every needle drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So yeah. Um, best score soundtrack goes to Joker. I uh, I don't even remember. I don't even. There I can't was... even pronounce this woman's name. Hildur Guanadotter. I'm probably I probably butchered that, but yeah, congratulations I'm, to her. <laughs> I don't even recall the music from the movie, so yeah. <laughs> and this this should not have won. This shouldn't have counted. Okay, best song written for visual media yeah. goes to No Time to Die for Billie Eilish. The movie's not even out yet. The movie's not. The movie out may yet. never come out. Yeah, I don't know if the movie's even been filmed. <laughs> How do you win for a movie that never came out? Because you're Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. So yeah, and uh, mm -hmm. I was trying to find the producer of the year. Non-classical goes to Andrew Watt. Do you know about Andrew Watt at all? I looked him up when I saw the nomination because I've. I think he is a a pop rock producer, if I remember correctly. Let me, let me verify that. Um, yep, because he's holding a guitar, so that you know he's a pop rock producer. <laughs> um, I believe he did some stuff on um, some of the uh, post. Yeah, he did a lot of Post Malone stuff. Um, he, as a matter of fact, that I don't now remember why, because he produced the um, his cover of "Only Want to Be with You." Okay. Um, yeah, he did some Dua Lipa stuff, some Justin Bieber stuff. Um, looks like in 2020 he did some Miley Cyrus. Oh, yeah, because he produced Midnight Sky. He probably won off of that alone. Midnight Sky, Five Seconds of Summer, um, Louis Tomlinson, Charlie Puth, Blink-182, uh, Camille Cabello. So, yeah, he's he's been pretty busy. But, like, back in the day, he kind of he started out doing, like, Cody Simpson, if you remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did some Cody Simpson, um, DJ Snake, and he's been working with Post Malone for a while um, on Stoney, um, Camille Cabello. So, I mean, he's been at it since about 2013, and he's just been consistently working with pop and pop rock artists. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, enough about the Grammys there. Uh I spent a lot more time on that than I wanted to. <laughs> um, so we're moving to the, uh, with the movie awards coming around. I don't know if we mentioned on the uh, previous episode or even the one before that, the best original song for the Golden Globes <clears throat> went to uh, Diane Warren. Yeah, we mentioned that because okay. it's an Italian song, right? Right. Uh, so that has been nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Song, uh, along with, if I can put up here, uh, along with Fight For You, um, uh, her and I said Tierra Thomas and uh, Demille Ernst, uh, they wrote a song together for Judas and the Black Messiah called Fight For You. They've been nominated there. Um there's a, this was a future a future episode, still a future episode. Um, <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest, The yeah. Story of Fire Saga, the original song, I guess, I, or who I don't know whose original song, but uh, it's called Husavik. 
uh, that has been nominated. Uh, One Night in Miami, Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth wrote this song, Speak Now. Of course, Leslie Odom Jr. would write a song for a movie that he's in and also mm -hmm. gets nominated for an Oscar for. Uh, I don't know nothing about it. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going <laughs> to say anything bad about him. But he's got two nominations, and so congrats. Uh, and uh, a song from The Trial of the Chicago 7, Celeste and Daniel Pemberton wrote a song called Hear My Voice. Um, we I've only heard the song that, that from the Italian song. I haven't heard any of the other songs, really. Um, is that about... Is, is that's a, this is about unions, right? Is that movie or, or is this the trial of the Chicago Seven? Yeah, uh, it was about um, like Abby Hoffman and them. Uh, they were they were going to protest the Democratic National Convention. Mm -hmm. I think it was a Democratic National Convention in Chicago, and uh, they were all arrested for inciting a riot or planning to incite a riot, mm -hmm. even though. It was just going to be a peaceful protest and they weren't going to be anywhere near the convention mm -hmm. or they, they weren't going to be able to get close to the convention, <clears throat> but they were. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's about that, that trial. Okay. Um, I have to look in the Yeah. I've heard uh, a lot Sasha about Baron Cohen plays Abby Hoffman. He was nominated for that performance uh, and not the one as Borat, even though he was nominated for the screenplay for Borat this year. <laughs> great film. Great film. <laughs> Um, and for best original score, which I was just looking at, uh, the five bloods, Terrence Blanchard, who has done many scores, uh, film scores, uh, Emily or Emil Masseri for Minari, uh, soul Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross and John Batiste. They won the golden globe for their score. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are nominated for Mank. Uh, which is on Netflix and James Newton Howard, who I believe did Titanic. Did he? Let me pull up his, his uh, filmography here. Um, did pretty woman. <laughs> well, he's been nominated nine times. Uh, he did uh, the fugitive uh, junior. <laughs> he did a song for junior, mm. a song for one fine day. He did the score for My Best Friend's Wedding and The Village and Michael Clayton. Okay. He's never won. <laughs> He's been in some pretty big stuff, though. Uh, so he did not do Titanic. That was that was someone else. Um, so, yeah, those are the, the nominees there. Um, I think one film that we would have to discuss, it is music-related. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the August Wilson play, now film. Chadwick Boseman nominated for Best Actor. Uh, Viola Davis nominated for Best Actress. Um, I haven't seen the film. It's on Netflix. Um, but I know that August Wilson plays are... Uh, Ruben Santiago Hudson, he did, he wrote the screenplay for this. Uh, I know that with August Wilson plays, it's got, it's, it's got to be done a certain way. Otherwise mm -hmm. it's going to fall apart. Gotcha. <laughs> it's one of the, August Wilson is one of those, he was one of those kinds of writers. Um, it had to be done a certain way or it's just going to look weird. 
Um, so yeah, uh, let's look at the billboard charts. If I can pull them up here. Um, now the number one song last week, Drake was number one, two, and three. Did he hold on? What really? What did he drop? Um, what's next was number one last week. It is now number four. Okay. Uh, he had another song that was, I think, once it needs was number two. It dropped to number ten. And I don't know where the third song is. Uh. Okay, it took a huge <clears throat> drop. Apparently. Because he had a oh, lemon pepper freestyle was number three last week and it dropped to number thirty one. You know what that sounds like, right? Take your credit cards out and buy a <laughs> bunch of them. Oh, so the uh, the Justin Bieber uh, Ariana Grande method. I hope not, but the Bieber I mean, Grande method for it to be for those songs to be that high and then just all of a sudden drop out. Yeah, like that's. <laughs> So let's go through the the top ten here. Number one this week is up by Cardi B. The uh, apparently a lot of people are crediting the Grammy performance, but I heard a lot of criticism of the Grammy performance. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it either way. Uh, but whatever. I think TikTok is what helped. <clears throat> <laughs> it was all over TikTok. Uh, number two, leave the door open. Silk Sonic, which is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Um, I think. I f is this Bruno Mars fans basic I don't know any history or music Bruno Mars fans <laughs> thinking that he's reinvented the wheel God I hope not if I swear to God I swear if I hear someone saying that he made the electric piano popular okay. <laughs> I swear I better not did you see Brandon's post? He said that uh, Silk Sonic is like is the tenacious D of R and B. Ah, a very underrated uh, duo, yes. but yes, yes uh, I would love to see them come back. But I thought that was kind of funny, especially with all the funny ad libs that Bruno Mars was throwing in, um, and the general, you know, they're having fun with the song. So yeah, that's what you got to do. I hope they got they don't think that. I know. Bruno Mars fans, bless their hearts, um, don't have the the most uh, don't know the most about music history. So sometimes I do tend to think that he is reinventing or he's inventing the wheel. But yeah, I mean I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't know. Go go check out go check out some stack stuff, kids. If you don't know, if you don't know, um, number three, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, driver's license. Uh, song of the spring song of the spring might not be anymore it's dropping well it, it was number five last week now it's back up to number three yeah and spring officially just started so uh <laughs> number four it was number one last week what's next by drake from his ep i guess scary hours it only has three songs on it number five save your tears by the weekend number six blinding lights by the weekend number seven levitating dua lipa featuring the baby number eight Mood, 24K Golden, featuring Ian Dior. Number 9, 34 plus 35 by Ariana Grande. And number 10, Once It Needs by Drake, featuring Lil Baby. Hmm. Uh, 
go crazy. Chris Brown and Young Thug is number 11. So I think they might be back up in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and they'll, 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 they'll. So right now they're a couple of weeks behind from being a, a year in the top 10. <laughs> um, number, well, that was, that was the top 10. So the Billboard 200, these are the albums. Number one this week, it's still the, uh, but <laughs> Morgan Wallen. Mr. Don't Buy My Album. <laughs> uh, Dangerous, the double album, is still number one. Number yeah, two, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, is climbing. Uh, it has been number one, but uh, it's it's coming back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Future Nostalgia, <laughs> Dua Lipa, moving back up the charts. Probably some Grammy hype, a little bit. Number four, After Hours by The Weeknd. Number five, Debuting at number five, when it's all said and done, take time by Giveon. Uh R and B artist. I've heard a couple of his songs. Um if you like nineties, two thousands R and B, I do. I think you'll like him. I do. Uh number six, Shiesty Season by Pooh Shiesty. Number seven, My Turn by Lil Baby. Number eight, The Voice by Lil Dirk. Debuting at number nine, The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy by Whoa. Rob Zombie. Whoa. He's still in the league. He's still in the league. He, I, th- I thought he went off to make movies. I thought he was just <laughs> directing, too. Okay. I might check that out. That's a Some of y'all kids might not know about him. Yeah, What y'all know about Rob Zombie? Nothing. <laughs> oh, he made House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, I mean, he did, too, but. Before that. Before, before that, that, yes. <laughs> and number 10 the album of the year folklore by taylor swift so let's look at the artist 100 aka the clout list number one this week is the weekend hmm. i wonder why hmm. All right. people were retweeting that story you know what good <laughs> point probably uh number two is drake who last week had uh the Number one, two, and three song. Uh, he was number one last week. Number three, BTS. Um, I think they had a Grammy performance, didn't they? I, I feel like they did. But I, as I said, I didn't watch the Grammys. Uh, number four, Billie Eilish. Uh, song of the Year winner. No, Record, record of the, the year. year. Record okay. of the Year winner. <clears throat> and Best Song for visual media, even though the visual media never came out. <laughs> uh, number five, album of the year winner, Taylor Swift. Number six, Dua Lipa. Number seven, the incomparable and irredeemable Morgan <laughs> Wallen. Number eight, Lil Baby. Number nine, the nicest guy in country, allegedly, <laughs> Luke Combs. Who will never associate with Morgan <laughs> Wallen. <laughs> and number 10, Ariana Grande. I really want to know... Because he's been, I swear it's been, what, almost a month straight that he's been number one. How much has he sold off of this? I don't know, man. Like, because he's beating some people. Like, he's not just like, oh, it's not like a weak crop of people that he's beating. So I'm very curious how much he's sold. And, like, at what point does the right just stop? Like, do they run out of money? You know, like... (laughs) Did the stimulus their stimulus checks like I can go buy more of it now? Like, is it like that? Like, that's yeah, that's weird. Why didn't y'all show up like this before, man? I mean, I'm glad y'all didn't. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm glad y'all didn't, but y'all have kept this dude number one for like a month, but y'all couldn't get old boy elected. Whatever. I'm not mad. I'm just curious. 
<laughs> I'm just curious. Um, so that'll do it for our music news. Uh, so Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. I know nothing about this song. Um, it was suggested to me by Spotify on my Discover playlist. Um, this past week, it was all over the place. <laughs> it was it was like Christian rock. Don't know where that came from. It was some electronic. It was some EDM. It was some pop. A little bit of classic rock. It it really was all over the place. Um, all I can think is just Spotify. They're just they're just doing their best. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one was a gem. It's really upbeat and energetic. It's got millennial whoops in it. Um, <laughs> it's just a cool song. I, I tried to look these folks up. I, they don't really have a Wikipedia page. They're on Bandcamp. So um, I'm, I'm assuming they're maybe just not that big. But this is still a very fun song. All right. So this is We Were Young by Prism. Get it playing here. And we will be right back. Um. You know, I'm going to try this again. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try this again because I was playing the Twitch stream at the same time. <laughs> so let me mute that. And you'll see this on the Twitch stream, but not on the podcast. So we're going to try this one more time. And we'll be right back. That is We Were Young by Prism. And is it on an album, Ben? Not one that I know of. <laughs> uh, so right now it is it just a... All Night is the name of it, but I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. 
All right. So uh, you'll find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist uh, shortly. Love that saxophone. With the sax solo. So, yeah. Um, so uh, we started this particular program with... Uh, trying to get something right here okay we started this particular program with uh the song paparazzi by lady gaga and uh we'll be discussing our because five lady gaga songs and i didn't mention this on the previous two episodes but we're doing this in honor of women's history month and so our first topic of this month was the United States versus Billie Holiday. And then we talked about the movie Selena. Selena's. <laughs> so uh, on this episode, we're doing Because Five with a female artist. And uh, Lady Gaga is the one that, that won out. We, we haven't <laughs> uh, discussed her as, as, a, as a topic yet, but we're definitely both fans of her. You know what? Her. That is interesting. We have not. We really haven't. Huh. Um, and there, there is plenty to choose from. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we'll be doing our because five of Lady Gaga, and um, for those who uh, are uninitiated, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, we do. We have two honorable mentions, and then we pick five. We have our top five because five. Why? Because five. five. Yeah. So, um. How we do is we start with our first honorable mention. So Ben, Ben always goes first. Uh, so Ben, your um, first honorable mention. So this one could move up later. Of course, we always say we could do some of these Subject to change several times. <laughs> um, but this one's rain on me. Um, recent Grammy winner. Um, I really like. So I like house music. <laughs> I don't know why I just do. Um, and this really has like a 90s house feel to it with a little bit of an update to it. But I just really like the way this song goes. It's just it just kind of feels like another. They were playing this a lot in those um, Echo commercials, weren't they, last year? I don't know. I think so. But it's just a really fun song. Like, it's just one of those like get out on the floor and dance songs. Uh, trying to pull it up here. Here we go. Oh yeah, this is it's just a fun song. Get the claps, the hand claps coming in. Just love it though. It's got that nineties. I'm trying to bring the video in. This is so confusing. All right, hold on, guys. All right, I'll just bring it over. Okay. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, I definitely get the 90s vibe of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, if you like CNC Music Factory yeah. and LaBouche. Which I, I love. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, especially uh, LaBouche. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just got that. I mean, I know it features Ariana Grande, who I love as well, but. I just love more so than the artists themselves in this song. I just love the vibe of this song. 
and just the way that it kind of flows. Um, like I said, I like I like house music. So typically, if you put out a house style song, I'm gonna like it. And of course, this one just won a Grammy. So yeah, um, surprised it didn't get nominated for Song of the Year, but I guess maybe they. I don't know. The, the way in which they kind of sometimes do songs of the year, they want it to be all deep and stuff instead of just maybe a fun song. Unless you're Beyonce, then they you know, kind of change up for you. But, um, I mean, it won you know, pop performance. Best duo, pop performance with a duo. So, I'll take it. <laughs> all right. So that is your first honorable mention. Uh, we'll get to my first honorable mention. Um now this is a song. This is the most current song on my list. Okay, <laughs> the most current. <laughs> um, everything else is from the the classic period, I guess you might say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is uh, the only song I I liked from Joanne, and it was the single. So that's perfect illusion. <laughs> Great song. This almost this barely missed the cut. Uh, this was uh, this is the the rock album. Yeah, no, and I had this. I remember I had this as one of my songs of the year for the year that it came out during our Becauses. I love this song; it's so energetic, and the and the video is just absolute like just craziness. Like it's just it's just like a here in the middle of a big party, and it's something that it's. It's it's a high energy song. It's a it's a it's a rock song. But as far as compared to our other videos, mm-hmm. it's pretty minimal. Yeah, there's not a lot going on <laughs> in the video. It's literally just a party. They just got a bunch of her friends. It's like, hey, you want to dance in, in the middle? Like, yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> Nothing choreographed, really. <laughs> no. Um. So that that's why I I look at Joanne as the rock album. Um. You know, she had. I guess in a way, you know, she gets the Madonna comparisons sometimes, and yeah. even sometimes her songs sound like Madonna songs anyway. Yeah. But uh, she changes it up like Madonna does, so I do I do give her credit for that. Yeah, um, this was the album yeah. she did the bar tour on, right? The dive bar tour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There were some there were some pretty good tracks on this one. This one though was I I do feel was the best by far. Oh, and this was uh, as you if you saw him in the video there, uh, produced by Mark Ronson. I think he co-wrote this one. Oh, really? As well, that makes a lot of sense. Mark Ronson is awesome. <laughs> he also co-wrote "Shallow" with with her too. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I like this. Like they like said, with it, it, the energy of it, and um, it's 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 simple, and it's not it's not as like. It's not as complex as some of the other pop songs with a lot of synths and keyboards and machines. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what I enjoy most about it. So, yeah. And it's short. It's only like three minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that was my first honorable mention. Ben, what's your second one? All right. So this is one. I don't think this was a single. Um, speechless. Um it is a song that to me, so of course, the history of Lady Gaga, her name comes from a song by Queen called Radio Gaga. It's a pretty good song. Um, if you've played Grand Theft Auto V, you've heard it. <laughs> if you listen to the Rock Station long enough, it's on there. 
Um, I felt like, so I think this was one of the only songs on her first album that had, or on the Fame Monster EP, that had all live instruments. But this song kind of, to me, had Queen vibes to it. Mm. And it kind of showed, you know, her influence from them. And I just really love it. Like, it's just, like, it's, it's a pop song, but it's more like, it's a pop song that could have come out, you know, you could have released this 30 or 40 years ago. It would have had, of course, probably a different production style, but it's one of those songs that is kind of timeless, and I love that about the song. And then, of course, it's got you know some big vocals, especially the opening, just reminded me a little bit of Queen, and I felt that's where she was trying to show off her influence there, because I don't know a lot of people might not know that that's where she got her name from, so yeah, and just love this song. This I wish, yeah, from, I wish uh, I could have seen her perform this. This from the uh, the Fame Monster. Uh, the EP, yeah, <laughs> yeah which uh, is I think a, a, a pop classic. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Was this a single though? I don't think so. Okay, I know it just happened. Like when I started really, really, really paying attention to Lady Gaga, I just know this was a song that stood out to me. Because I mean, there was a point where before I had Spotify, where I just you know, download it. And I've, you know, since made sure that I've compensated her, but I downloaded her entire discography. And this was one of the ones that stood out to me. All right. My um, second honorable mention uh, was not a single. And um, it's from, is it this one born this way? Yes. Okay. I didn't know. I can't remember which album <laughs> it was, but uh, it's called. Um, for those who took German, it's called Scheiße. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means shit in German. Oh jeez! <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might have, but I was like, nah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, Born this way to me is the. It's the, man, it's like the, the hardcore EDM album. Yeah, there was some, there was some, definitely some 90s Madonna influence yeah. in there going into like maybe her late 90s when she did Ray of Light. But like you think of like the single Born This Way and the comparisons it got to Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, like that was what she was doing. So, I, I mean, I, it's funny that you brought that up, though, like how her career arc kind of follows a little bit of what Madonna did. Yeah, this is this is the Vogue, <laughs> the Vogue era. Yeah, the stuff that could have gotten played in clubs. <laughs> yeah, with people doing E. <laughs> uh, but like like you mentioned before, this has it's the that '90s house sound, and it, mm-hmm. it sounded like it was it was darker. Like she took that kind of music and, and made it a little bit darker, but at the same time, it's successful and pop. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And I, I have no idea what she says. I just know she's speaking German. Okay, so that's interesting because I mean, I was, you know, and um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait in case the song comes up. But method, you know, that's kind of cool that she likes to sing in other languages. I dig that. Yeah. All right. So that was my second honorable mention, Ben. All right. Let's get into this five. meat, boy. Let's get into this meat, boy. Number okay. Five. So this one, um, funny story. The first time I heard this song, and don't at me, I thought. <laughs> I thought, and I think I think Kendra had to tell me that I was wrong. I thought this was Big Boy. 
Really? I thought this was Big Boy. Yeah. This is Starstruck. Um, so this is, you know, another song from when I was really heavily getting into her. Um, and so, like, you know, from those first couple of albums, The Fame and the Fame Monster, I feel like she was writing, with her and Red One, were writing some of the catchiest melodies I had heard in years. Um, like, I just, I was just like, God, they got an ear, man. They got, like, European pop writing ears. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so this is a great song. It just makes me think of being in a club and dancing and having a good time with the DJ. And then Flo Rida comes in and, and just has a, a nice little verse. And yeah, for the, for some freaking reason, I thought this was Big Boy. for the Because I didn't have the credits for the album. So I was like, oh, it's not Big Boy. It's on the Lady Gaga song. And she's like, that's not Lady Gaga. That's not um, Big Boy. <laughs> and I felt bad that... I attributed a you know a Flo Rida verse to Big Boy. I was embarrassed. <laughs> like they're you not even be. the same room. <laughs> they're not the same room, you know. But yeah, but this song is so fun, man. Like it's simple. There's not a lot going on in the production. A little bit more comes on in the chorus, but like it's just it's just that European influenced pop music. Great vocals. Yeah. Um, great melodies, just you know, and this is even isn't even the best hook she has. You know, it's a nice hook, but it's not even the best she has. This is, but it's just a fun song. See, you kind of he does not sound like Big Boy at all. I don't know. What, what happened to your ears, bro? I don't know, man. This is this is some time ago. Fuck, <laughs> this was big. come on, man. Hey, I'm disappointed in you. At least I can admit my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought it since. <laughs> yeah, not even, not even close. Florida man, <laughs> the, the undisputed king of Florida rap. <laughs> oh man, uh, I feel like somebody else gotta want that title. Somebody I mean, does Trick Daddy want it anymore? Rick Ross, maybe. Maybe Rick Ross, but yeah. Rick Ross probably thinks he's bigger than Florida now. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I would say Pitbull, but I'm pretty sure he also thinks he's bigger than Florida. Because <laughs> he's no longer Mr. 305, he's Mr. Worldwide. So, yeah, he's like, I've moved on, I've moved past Dade County. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, that was number five, right? So my number five, mm -hmm. uh, it was a single, and... For some reason, I thought it was like a cover of an ABBA song, but it was not. Um, <laughs> this is Alejandro. Woo. Oh, this is my number four, too. All right. So so um, for this, the, the it's it sounds epic. It, no, sounds, it sounds huge. Big. Yeah. Uh, that's what I liked about it. Um, oh, I meant to bring the video in. There we go. It sounds big and uh, and it tell it I mean it tells a story. I, I, I don't know all the words to it. I just I really just like how it sounds. No, yeah, it's got a huge synth sound, tons of a lot of a big reverb on the synth to give you that arena feel. Yeah. Um, and then of course like they kind of it sounds to me like either they bring in more synth or maybe double the synth in the chorus because it just sounds, it just gets this huge sound in the chorus, which is one of the things I love about it. 
Um, did Ryan Tedder have something to do with this? No, I think <laughs> I think on these albums it was all her and Red One. Like they were doing some. Oh, yeah, of, this is this is from the Fame Monster. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was her and Red One, and they were just killing it, and like like some of the most those the hooks, man, like like the hooks, the choruses, like we're talking like. Like I said, like you know, we've I've said like Swedish Swedish pop writers have some of the best theories it seems like in the world. Yeah. And they were they were this they were drawing drawing on that and like you could not get these hooks out of your head. They were so well written. Like this yeah, this song is really, really good. Yeah, um Yeah, just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of one of those like you just the song speaks for itself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's just yeah. This was but this was one that that I would I I listened to a lot when it came out. Um. Yeah. I, when it came out, I, I listened to the song all the time. This is and this is I guess what we call the classic period. Yeah. Of her. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um. So that's my number five. Uh, that's your number four. Mm-hmm. So we'll go to my number four. Um, I don't remember what it is, but mm-hmm. I'm sticking to my list. Okay. Um, there's a video for this one I want to pull up. Actually, I'm going to play the album version because the 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 the, al- the album the live version did not sound the same. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the like the I guess the deep cuts. <laughs> one of the deep cuts by by her that I enjoyed, um, and it's it's from the Fame, and it's called Money Honey. Mm, okay. Now the thing about this song, <laughs> I feel like after they did Just Dance, mm-hmm. they left the settings the same uh, and wrote yeah, a new song. Yeah. <laughs> so there was there was some of that in that first album. Between Just Dance, this song, and Poker Face. <laughs> Some very similar settings, maybe written in the same sessions. Yeah. Um, so they spaced them out on the yeah. album. So, so, you so they're all back on. to back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, it, it's it's the, the same settings as Just Dance for sure. Um, same kick and snare, same. Yeah. <laughs> It just there's no Kobe Adonis. Nope. There's no Akon cameo. So, nope. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I kind I prefer this one to Just Dance. And spoiler alert: Just Dance is not on my list. <laughs> that's the one. That's the first one everyone knows. It's not on my list. Uh, I I prefer this one, even though I know it had no chance of being a single uh, after Just Dance came out. Nope, can't do that. Because it sounds the same. Then they call her Nickelback. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to be the Nickelback of of pop music. No. No. Uh, But yeah, it's it's definitely one of my personal favorites by her. All right, so we're at, um, we're kind of just flying through this. Uh, (laughs) You're number three. My number three is Monster. Um, so this was these last three are, are the songs I, I've you know of course I, I listen to the most, and it probably would not change. Um, the order might shift, but these are the songs I think that she's really I, I guess are like the best written. Um, I feel this song is just really I don't know like I just I love the build I love what she's talking about, so. 
and of course, you know, the fame and the fame monster. She's really, the themes of the album are her talking about how, what fame can do to you and is it really good to be famous? Is it, you know, is, is it healthy? And she kind of talks about it in this song. Um, fame, of course, being the, the woman in this, in this census. And I think she makes some really interesting points in the song and, and you can dance to it as well. And then it's just got a really great chorus to it. It's not like, it's not one of, so I mean, she has, I think what she was known, so I'll back up. So what she was really known for in those first two albums are the hooks and not necessarily the choruses. Like she's got some great choruses, but like she was very, she was very known for those repetitive hooks. Like, like, you know, um, with poker face, puff, 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 you know, a lot of alliteration. This one, um, he ate my heart, like those sorts of hooks, Ali Alejandro, she was known for that getting it stuck in your head. Yeah. She did it on purpose because she wanted, you know, paparazzi. She wanted you to, a lot of repetition. Um, and I'm not even going to lie, like a lot of my writing, I started kind of in, you know, incorporating that into my writing because it's a really good way to get you hooked. Hence why it's called The Hook, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like her and Red One were like so good at that. Um, and like even on the songs that weren't singles, they're still putting those types of hooks in there so that you can listen to the album if you wanted to start to finish and it would just sound like you're listening to an album full of hooks. They're all danceable. It's just, yeah. And this is one of them. This is, yeah. It's got that big synth too that you're talking about with, um, from, um, oh God, I can't think of the song, Alejandro. Yeah. Yeah, just really big synth. I don't, and that's, I don't know if, if Red One's really done a lot since this album but like i feel like this was his 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 apex i guess i don't know like i can't think of anything else looking at well looking at his work now i can't think of anything else he's done that's been this good as the two albums he did with her all right so that is your number three we get to my number three uh this was a single oh let me just make sure that it okay um the beginning of this song, like I said, a lot of a lot of Lady Gaga songs remind me of other songs. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way. She was probably directly influenced by some of these songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this song, the beginning of it, I thought of. Remember, heard of a band? Remember a band called Information Society? I don't know. Let me look them up. They had a song called uh, "What's on Your Mind" or like "I Want to Know." Yes. What's okay. On? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, remember, that okay. this song, this is uh, "Dance in the Dark." Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's got a little bit of an intro with it. Let me fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Ah, yes. So, it um, it reminded me of Information Society. Okay, I can hear that. Uh, kind of the, kind of the um, that industrial, yeah, techno. Um, I'm not, not sure exactly what the, the exact genre name will be called, but that's what it it reminded me of. The the chord progression reminded me of that song. Okay. Uh, okay. It, it could if it was made in the '80s, it would have or. If it was made ten years earlier, mm-hmm. the song came out ten years earlier. It's only American Psycho, con- American Psycho soundtrack, <laughs> fairly easily. Uh, 
And I forgot about I forgot about this one because the intro kind of reminded me of Scream with mm-hmm. all the. But I hear I hear what you're saying as well. Um, which one was this off of? This was on the Fame Monster. Okay. Uh, I didn't even know it was a single um, because a lot of people were playing Alejandro mm-hmm. and uh, the telephone, which he did with Beyonce. Yeah. Um, but this is, it's one of those songs that, um, you know, that this is another one that she did with Red One, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds like a, a song that is kind of happy, but it's really not. <laughs> uh, like I said, she, she can make dark pop music accessible. Yeah. Uh, so this is another one of those kind of songs. So yeah, Let me get back here. So yeah, that was my number three. All right. So number two. Number two. All right. So um, mine is uh, is just dance. <clears throat> really wrestled because I tried to go back to think of how these songs made me feel when they came out, and I go back and think like how funny it was that. Colby O'Donis was on this song to help her <laughs> because yeah. at the time Colby O'Donis had, you know, his big single with Akon and his song, that song was, it was called um, what you got or something like that. That song was everywhere. And so they, you know, Lady Gaga, I think had done a song. She was on someone's hook at one point. And then this Wale. came out. Yeah. Wa- a Wale, Wale song. Wale. Yeah. And then when this song comes out, like clearly Colby O'Donis and Akon are on there to help her. And you look back now, and she's bigger than both of them, and we have no clue where Kobe Odonis is. <laughs> we know Akon gave went to go give Africa electricity. Yeah, Akon's uh, doing charity. He's he's Kobe Odonis is like MIA on a milk carton, <laughs> um, and it's just like she takes over the song. Although my favorite part of the song is that really big yell that Akon does at the end. <laughs> it's pretty cool, but like I just remember like a lot of memories associated with this song. Um, it's just one of those songs I remember just jamming out to, and I guess I'm far enough removed from when this song came out to look back on it, like, nostalgically, I guess, when it came out, because, you know, you didn't really know who Lady Gaga was, the video was kind of (laughs) weird, um, it's like some house party gone awry, and everything's kind of going crazy, and, and, like, the hook is just, like, kind of nonsensical, like, it's da-da-doo-doo, like, just... Yeah, it was just you just don't you didn't really know what to expect, and then the, the, the more I listened, the more obsessed I got with it, and the more I wanted to hear it. And of course, it didn't have streaming back then, so you had to either wait for it on the radio, yeah. go to YouTube, or just illegally download it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think shortly after that, I got Rhapsody, worst decision I ever made in my life. Um, but I, I was obsessed with this song. I listened to it constantly. I waited for Akon to come, no, for Kobe O'Donnell to come in and do his verse because he was the, the feature. Akon do his part. And then, of course, it has like the really, the crazy synth kind of breakdown at the end where it sounded like not a bass drop, but like, you know, it sounded like basically Red almost like, all right, watch what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and he just throws in like this like really deep synth sound. And she comes in and, you know, with kind of some auto-tune vocoder type vocals. It's, it was, it's just an all-over-the-place song, and I feel like it shouldn't have succeeded as a as a hit, but it did. 
And then, of course, you know, I'll be Kobe honest, Adonis, I didn't know what Kobe Adonis looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what he looked like, man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he's like a light. What is he? Like, he's, he's like a light skinned dude, man. He just. Like he he could easily be confused. Remember, remember Jay Sean? Okay, so you read my mind because I was like, him and Jay Sean, what happened? <laughs> what happened, man? And with, uh, also with this song, uh, even though they're like I'm not sure which one came out first. I know that came out pretty close together, probably. I thought, um, what was that dude's name? He was on Lil Wayne's label. He had a song called Let It Rock. Kevin oh, something. Kevin Rudolph. Kevin Rudolph. Kevin Rudolph. Okay, so he still writes. Yeah, he he writes. He, as a matter of fact, he co-wrote um, some stuff on one of Fifi Dobson's albums. Hmm. So that's how he's. That's what he's doing. Um, he and I think he. I and I, I don't want to misspeak here, but I think he was kind of similar to like a Neo, where he was on the label as a writer and he was like, "Hey man, I can do this. I can do this." And they're like, "All right, man, here's your chance." And they, he does "Let It Rock." And it's and it's good, but unlike you know Neo, who you know um, so sick was just the beginning. <laughs> let it rock was the end, bro. Like he got <laughs> let it rock, and I think he had like one more song. That was song on, like, like CSI. I made it. Oh yeah, he had that was yeah. on, that was played throughout the NFL draft that year. And like every he just break, kind of that song disappeared into the you know he just kind of went away after you know he didn't really do much after that. You kind of forget about let it rock. Let it rock was. Yeah, I don't. I wonder if Let It Rock would have worked today. I don't know. It's funny because that synth riff that he uses in that that little synth like doo, 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 he uses it in like two other songs in this album, and I swear he uses it in the song he wrote for Fifi Dobson. <laughs> so it must be a setting. It must be like the he's like yeah, I got this really cool um, automation setting on my synth. I just throw it in songs, man. Like it's magic. It's, like, <laughs> it's magic. It's like that. Do you remember that behind the music with No Doubt, where yeah. um, their guitar player, I think it's Tom Demont, he has this like he has this echo pedal, like a digital delay pedal. He's like, yeah, you throw this on there, it makes everything sound. Good. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just a delay pedal, and it's like he's not lying though. <laughs> like you just throw some echo on. It's like, man, that sounds better. Like that sounds. <laughs> That's what Kevin Rudolph's got. He's got that one automation. <laughs> Brings it everywhere. <laughs> He's like, oh no 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 man, you think it's you think it's good now? Throw that on there, it's gonna kick, <laughs> kick it up a notch. Oh <laughs> uh, god, rest in well, not rest in peace, because Kobe Anonis is still alive, but yeah, he he has not done anything since. Oh man, he's got that one album and nothing else. All right, uh, we'll get to my number two. Um, for some reason, this iPad is now fourteen percent, and Ooh. I've had it been it's been charging the whole time. I got, I got, I got questions, y'all. You need to add Apple. Uh, add Apple. I got questions. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, my number two is uh, probably one of her more famous songs. Um, it's about a toxic relationship. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it's bad romance. It's not on yet, but this is the beginning of the video. <laughs> so I, I feel, because I know she was popular before, I think this made her a superstar. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, yeah, I, this is the song, because I know people like Poker Face. It got very popular. And, you know, Chris Doctor does his cover of it, and people are like, oh, Poker Face. But I feel like when this song came out, she became international. 
Like everybody was singing this hook. Yeah, like that, especially that part of the hook. Yeah, yeah. And it's once again nonsensical, <laughs> but it's catchy. And I do think it is. While it's not my favorite song by her. And I feel like I'm kind of being hipster by leaving it out of mind because I don't know why, because I really do love this song, but I do believe that's her best hook. <laughs> like that's bar, like everyone knows that hook. And it really works because you don't have to know any words. No. <laughs> you just have to know the melody and you can really kind of sing whatever you want <laughs> to it. And it just works. But I, I think this is her best hook. And she sings in French, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I assume it's about a toxic relationship where you hear, like, I want your ugly, I want your disease. Oh, yeah. That's all I can say. Why do you keep going back? Why do you keep going back to this person? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, The the video is especially weird. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like an insane asylum slash BDSM dungeon uh, with lots of lights. And then she's got those weird contacts in, yeah. or whatever effect they do to her eyes. But yeah, yeah, this is a, this is, yeah, this made her an international star. Um, yeah, I just, I just love this song. It's a, it's one of those big sounding songs. Yeah. With re- that, with Red One, of course. Um, I think that that adds to part of the uh, appeal of it. You know, uh, these are if these were. If their plan was to make songs that could be played in arenas, they succeeded. Yeah, <laughs> this should be the blueprint for any album. So, if you wanted to play, you know, in when when once once you're out of the pandemic age, yeah, <laughs> and you can play Phillips Arena again, yeah. or even Mercedes Benz, you want songs that sound like this, mm-hmm. that sound this big. So, yeah, and I love that. So that descending synth line. I think that really helps because they bring that back in spades yeah. when she's singing the hook. It just it works, man. It just really works. It's a nice it's a nice callback. Yeah. Yeah, everything about this song is great. The breakdown where it gets quiet and then how it like gradually builds back up as she starts singing in French and then she screams out, I want your romance and the hook and the chorus comes back in. It's a it's a great song. It's a really well-written song. All right. So that is my number two. So we're coming up on number one. So this one, um, I don't think it was a single, but this is just, this is the song that I always come back to with her called So Happy I Could Die. Um, And I think I really like it just because it's, it's such a, it's such a smooth such a smooth song especially when it gets to the chorus um it's just very smooth it just makes me it i don't know i don't, I don't know why it's just it's just such a smooth song one that i just i can never stop listening to and i just love like the synth it sounds big but it's not like overbearing yeah um of course it's got the Picardy third um which is i'm not gonna try to explain what that is just look it up <laughs> um <laughs> but um yeah, but I just, I love this song, like, with that beat just kind of switches up a little bit right there. Yeah, it's just such a smooth song, fun song. Of course, there's memories associated with it, things I was doing back then. Nothing illegal, but, you know, just, you know, a lot of fun, late night drives. It's just one of those songs. And then it's got a really smooth chorus. I love that. 
Yeah. And it's it's a bit of a break from the rest of the. This is from the Fame Monster. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a break from the rest of the album. Yeah. Honestly. Which is just like, I'm not going to say an assault on your ears, but like it's just, you know, a lot more aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> as you can say. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just love the way this song kind of just goes. It's grooved. It's it's feel. As the kids say, it's, got, it's a vibe. Yeah. And I don't think it was a single, though. It wasn't. Should've I think been. the singles from this were Bad Romance, Alejandro, Dance in the Dark, and Telephone. Mm. Okay, that's half the album. Yep, but yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> there are only eight songs on the Fame Monster, though. Yeah. All right, so bring up my number one. Uh, this is by far my favorite Lady Gaga song. Um it's heavy on the synth. It's <laughs> it's danceable and all that. It's much. I feel like it. It sounds much more simple than you think it is. Mm-hmm. And that's uh is love game. Oh snap! Uh, hold on. Let's try <laughs> this again. I had uh Swagbag and I still playing. Let's pause that. And you'll hear it in just a second. All right, here we go. Once again, a very catchy hook. Yep. <laughs> that she just <laughs> like I just don't know like because it's like it, it wasn't even like she was like I'm gonna save one for the best song. They just had them in spades. Yeah. They just had them in spades, man. Hooks galore. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it's, yeah. And then, of course, like the catchy synth lines, like this one has a very nice, yeah. Uh, it still may have had the same settings as <laughs> Just Dance and Buddy Huddy and Poker Face. <laughs> this is a single, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, you can see the video. Uh, I like with I'll, okay, yeah, I'm watching the video too. That's okay. crazy. No, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> One thing that's that's always with seeing like the video, like her these videos during the classic period, of course, mm-hmm. is that. Like there was all there was a lot of choreography and everything, mm-hmm. but it seemed like um, her dancers were just a whole lot better than she was. <laughs> but her forte isn't isn't the dancing. That's maybe like the sixth or seventh best thing that she could do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will say that is interesting because to think about it like that because. That was actually a forte of Madonna, who was a trained dancer. Right. Um, but I also think that Lady Gaga is a better singer than Madonna, so she's got that over her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I really kind of latched onto at the beginning of Lady Gaga's career is that everyone was so auto-tune heavy, and yeah. while she, you know, she was using it, she wasn't using it to make herself sound good. It was used to make herself to make her voice fit the music, she can really sing. And I don't think, I think people probably really didn't realize it until A Star Is Born. Yeah. Maybe. But I always felt like from the beginning, I was like, wow, this girl can really sing. 
And I think to your point, her dancing is, you know, maybe that's just something she learned just to kind of help. I don't know. But like, I think she's just a performer. She just can, she can just entertain, you know? I do think she's gotten better though, as you know, on the Super Bowl, she you could tell she's had some lessons. Cause she put on my favorite Super Bowl show of, of, of recent, since the Prince show. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like the the aesthetic, as the kids like to pay attention to, uh, the, the she is she is an artist. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, but it's the writing, singing, uh, how the visuals, not necessarily dancing. I mean, I don't care about that. But <laughs> I just I like I just thought that like wow, she, like her dancing is her dancers are so much better than her. They, they're carrying her in these some of these videos. But yeah. So yeah. So that's my number one, man. Um, that may not change. I, I, I like if we did this list again. In a, I don't think my, months, my number one would yeah, change. Yeah, the number one would not change for me. Yeah. So yeah, um, that will do it for our list, y'all. Um, it's midnight here, so we, we're trying to hurry this up. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't even realize it. Um, pumping down energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, We'll get to my earworm of the week. Um, this is an artist I just started listening to. They came up on my, she came up on my, dis- excuse me, my Discover Weekly list a couple of times. Um, Spotify really be having your back, man. Yeah. They got your back. Uh, I don't know if it's a duo or not because mm-hmm. the, the there's one person singing. I don't know if the other person, maybe she's doing production or something. Uh, the song was at least co-produced by Kei Trinata. Okay. Uh, and uh, her name is Lauren Faith, and this song is called Jeezy, but it's spelled J H E E Z E. Okay, <laughs> different. Um, so yeah, um, so we'll play that Lauren Faith Jeezy, and we'll be right back.
right, that is Jeezy by Lauren Faith. I like this. And you can find this on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. So, that's, yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. Um, I don't, that's why I didn't understand the video at first. I saw, I see Lauren Faith and I think it's one person. Mm-hmm. And it's about like, okay, this girl's in her apartment <clears throat> and then her friend comes over and then they dance. <laughs> And that's the video. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, nothing wrong with that. But I, I, but I've seen the, um, I've seen both. I think there's another video where they're both in it. So maybe there's there's her co-writer or producer or something like that. Do most of her does most of her stuff sound like that or no? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I really dig that. Um. So yeah, that will uh, bring us to the end of this episode. Um. Anything you'd like to tell the people? Mm, go listen to Lady Gaga. Hopefully, we've um, we've brought up some memories. I guess if you're Gen if you're Gen Z, you're probably like, oh, this was middle school, you know. Um, if you're uh, a millennial, a younger millennial, maybe like, oh, this is like college. Um, <laughs> if you're us, this was oh, I'm out on my own in the world. So yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know these are some classic albums and this really just stemmed from I want to talk about the fame and the fame monster but um, no go, ch- go check her out and hopefully you know you're enjoying the content we're putting out this month and celebrate some great women in music yeah we'll have at least one more episode uh, related to Women's History Month and um, then uh, back to the nonsense yeah no, so uh, we're going to end the show uh, with uh, a song that made neither of our lists, and you might be a little surprised. Um, we've re- we talked about it a couple times throughout uh, going through our list, and that is Poker Face. I will say that is a little surprising, but I mean, it, it probably could sneak in if this was done again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, not out of the running. Um, so <laughs> thank you all for listening, and uh, get it queued up here. It is playing. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. Mama, mama.